You are listening to the Lucha Central Podcast Network. And now, Lucha Central Weekly. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast. This is the podcast that lets you know all the latest happening in the world of Lucha Libre. Each week we cover news and events from the week that was talking Mexico-based promotions and top independents along with Luchador-related news from throughout the United States. The Lucha Central Weekly Podcast is part of the Lucha Central Podcast Network on LuchaCentral.com. This podcast and others from the network are also available on all major podcast streaming platforms, including iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Speaker, and more. And, of course, a big shout-out to one of our distributing partners at TheChairShot.com. My name is Miranda Morales, and I'm one of the co-hosts of the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast. And let me bring in the rest of the team. Introducing first, he is the dashing one, Mr. Dusty Murphy. Dusty, how's it going? Uh, it's going fantastic. How's it going for you, Miranda? I am doing well, 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 and well. In order to finish off this trio right here, <laughs> I got to bring in the third member of that team, and that's who? 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 It's the one and only Brendan Barr. That's who. Hey, hey, how we doing? Doing well, doing yeah. well, doing well. Yeah, that's what I like. The word, the word of the week is well. Uh, good to be back or, with, or huh? Bien, perhaps? Bien, we bien. <laughs> bien, bien. Bien. Yeah, bien. See, Dusty bien. saw where I was going. Yes. <laughs> uh, man, I was going to say, good. <laughs> Uh, to, to be back with all of you for this week's episode. We got a little change in the format this week. Something that we're doing a little different. Uh, cause we are cramming in, uh, quite a lot of content that really has come over the past, you know, two weeks. Um, from, you know, of course the, the major Lucha Libre news, uh, really all over the world, but, uh, we got a, a very concise, but also informative, talkative show for all of you this week. We are super stoked to be able to talk about things that we haven't had the chance to talk about collectively. So if you're still processing some things, if there's still some things you quite haven't gotten out of your system, the good news is where are the people to talk to? We're here where to bring it back. We're going to bring it back. <laughs> yes. Things that you thought you were, you were over, you're not over. You're not over it. Uh, I know I'm not over it. Yeah, you're not over it, and that's okay. We're going we're gonna to take this episode to kind of rehash some things, you know, look a little bit in the past, but also in the present and the future. you got to look at the whole perspective. I mean, am I right? I don't know. Sorry, you were so you right. Can't I look didn't have anything to add. <laughs> yes, you can't look forward without looking back. Thank you so much. I mean, I guess technically that's how you look forward, like 
forward is one direction. It's gonna hurt my head trying to Not trying to rationalize this. Thinking too hard. Just thinking too hard, ahead. Miranda. Let's stop that. <laughs> Let's stop that. So uh, this week we're gonna go straight into it, and we're gonna jump into the big topic in the world of lucha libre, really for the past few weeks, and that is triple mania. So much happened uh, during last week's triple mania show, and some things that have kind of continued uh, since then. So Dusty, go ahead. Let's kick it off with triple mania results. Yeah, Triple Mania, Chapter 2, live from Estadio Caliente in Tijuana, Baja, California. It happened Saturday, June the 18th. This was a very good show. It's one of the better Triple Mania shows they've had. Excellent. Started out, and the first match of the night was the women's cage match for the Women's Loreta de la Muerte tournament. The last two left in the cage advanced to the Women's Roulette final which is an apuestas match, but we had Cheek Tormenta and Flammer losing to La Hidra, Sexy Star 2, Lady Shawnee, Marvia, and Reina Dorada. And kind of a surprise there. Everybody, including myself, thought Sexy Star 2 was for sure to lose the mask because the gimmick feels a little tainted by Sexy Star 1, but the whole thing carried over. Honestly, a pretty exciting cage match. Second match on the card, Nino Amburguesa defeated Ray Sholo, Mamba, Mr. Iguana, Dolce Canella, Abismo Negro Jr., Heavy Metal, Charlie Manson, Pegano, Cybernetico, Bestia Seis, Vampiro in his AAA debut, and Mr. <laughs> Mecha Wolf in the Copa Triple Mania. Yes. That's a... And- it's a long-awaited debut. Yes. And, no, I, I love Vampiro. That was just one of the, the most uh, vivid moments of the podcast history for me. It was Vampiro. It's a, it's, he literally said it, you know, but maybe yeah. just, but now he gets to recognize this is his debut. If this is how he wants to recognize it, then that's fine. I, I'm good with that. They played his fucking music. He was real happy. So everything yeah. coming up, Vampiro. Oh, too. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, Dr. Wagner was supposed to be in this match. It kind of tumbled out that he wasn't in it. This version had over the top rope eliminations, specifically allegedly, so that Pagano and Cybernetico could eliminate each other in a double elimination. They brawled after the match. Nino Ambergesa was kind of a surprise win too, mm-hmm. so that was pretty exciting. Like nice that. to see him in that spot. I mean, honestly it's about time. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I was gonna say I thought I was definitely surprised because you kinda he's known as this more comical character. Yeah, and a trios um, guy usually. Yeah, and a trios guy. So to kinda have that singles win, especially for the Copa, is like a pretty, you know Yeah. Well it's yeah. He's trios and mixed. Like he's uh, was the mixed champion yeah. for a long time too. Uh, uh but uh but yeah, he and Big yeah, Mommy. Yeah. Super super popular. Right? Like he's just, like he's, you know, for, he carried a lot of cards during the lockdown era. Like he was the, the, him, he and Big Mommy and their feud with Lady Maravilla was, you know, kind of carrying a lot of television at the, during the lockdown era. So kind of a reasonable reward, especially, I don't know what's going on with Big Mommy, but I haven't seen her on TV in a little while. So I'm wondering if she's got the injury bug. 
Yeah. And and that's also the Copa is generally a sign of recognition, not a sign mm-hmm. of future push. But at the same time, like it kind of feels like Nino Ambergesa is on his way up with this mm-hmm. match. I mean, like this is definitely his highest profile win ever, I feel like. So yeah. big deal. Very exciting. Next up, we had Phoenix winning the Cruiserweight and Latino Americano Championship unification match against Io Del Fikingo, Laredo Kid, and Bandito and Taurus. And Phoenix pinned Taurus. There was, I mean, this match was insane. Laredo Kid had been the Cruiserweight champion. I believe Taurus had been the... Latin American. Yeah, Latin American champion. And oh, so they, was Phoenix already the Latin American champion? I have to look that up. Now they're going to bother I me. I can't remember. Yeah, I think it was Taurus, but I, I honestly don't remember. <laughs> um, it's, it's... Yeah. After the match, Phoenix and Vikingo kind of faced off to tease, you know, a match between them. And, you know, that's exactly what everybody wants. It was very exciting. Bandito left the ring on a stretcher. I mean, yeah, there was a lot going on in this match. Yeah. It was one of the better, <clears throat> excuse me, it was one of the better matches of the night, and that's really uh, saying something. Yeah. I was going to ask if you thought it was match of the night, because it's one of my contenders for match of the night. Yeah, yes. it, it's hard to beat. I mean, it was... Yeah, it was it was Tarus that came in as the champion. Yes, he did yeah. come in as the champion. Um, and he had a 413-day reign compared to the same staff wow. yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah. So, and on top of, you know, I think, too, the fact that Laredo Kid um, losing the, the Cruiserweight Championship. Um, yeah, this was his 14th defense, so he yeah. had it for quite a while and was a fighting yeah. champion, which is yes. very cool. I do like to, to, to further the Internet joke here. Uh, Taurus did defeat the future Hall of Famer, uh, vacant for, for that title. <laughs> of course, yes. Yes. And I was gonna say, I think, speaking of, of acknowledging things too, I think still, uh, Laredo Kid is at what, a 1200 day, uh, reign. Still not acknowledging Leo Rush who won it. Uh, back in 2021, <laughs> so we just don't talk about that. We don't talk about Leo Rush's AAA Cruiserweight Championship reign. Uh, so Leo Rush won a AAA belt. I don't. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, Leo Rush <laughs> probably doesn't either. So that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think of the clips. I still see. I mean, Ilya Vikingo was really like. One of the major highlights of that match. I mean, there were so oh, many, yes. um, but all of them just, uh, I uh-huh. just, I think this was such a, a beautiful display of, you know, agility and, of course, you know, a lot more of those quote unquote spot fests, but done in the best way. Yeah, you knew it, it was going to be that. Like, there was no yes. way with the names you had, it was not going to. But it was be next level, though, too. Yeah, right. it was yeah. next <laughs> level. It really was. But so they, many times yeah. you hear the big names like this and they don't deliver on the promise or they don't go as hard as they should have. But this match, it was like 20 minutes long and it went hard. I mean, it was crazy. And it's exactly what you expect. Mm-hmm. And like I say, the Phoenix and Vikingo showdown after the match got me very excited for that pairing. I know a lot of people are excited for that. 
I I can't wait. I'm hoping maybe we'll get to see it in AEW just because we haven't seen many uh, successful, I guess, title defenses in Mexico for AAA stars this year. <laughs> yeah, it's a, a new unfortunate trend, but yeah, <laughs> maybe maybe it'll reverse sometime soon. Hopefully, we get to see Vikingo do that. I, I really thought Vikingo was the natural winner in the match. The Phoenix winning was a big surprise to me. And great match. Next up in the Ruleta de la Muerta semifinal, we had Blue Demon Jr. defeating Pentagon Jr. He there was a destroyer through the table at the end. It was yes. crazy. Blood everywhere. Finally, the destroyer gets to be a finisher again. I hate mm-hmm. destroyers as a transitional move because I still remember the first time I ever saw Jack Evans give a destroyer. Blew my mind. And <laughs> I thought that was the coolest move ever. So I enjoyed seeing it. And, and Demon is in his 50s to be busting out the destroyer like that. Looking great. Surprisingly great match, especially with Demon in it. He has a tendency to be a little sluggish, you know, mm-hmm. not not to do anything to make his opponent look good. The, they were bloody. It was crazy. I, right. It's very interesting to me that Blue Demon and the Blue Demon Junior, let's be, uh, yes. in the second half of his career, is now known as more of a uh, brutal blood and guts wrestler than the mm-hmm. Technico that he was yeah. when he was younger. Yeah. It is, it, yeah, it is a very interesting second life. Yeah. But it's also, and, I think, a sign of, like, what, you know, is is popular and kind of maybe even, like, leaning, not in a bad way, but, like, leaning into something that fans are drawn yeah. to. No, he's it's a it's a wonderful sign that he's able to adapt and adjust yeah. to to stay relevant with the fans. Like, you know, yeah, yeah. It, it's it, it works for me. It works for it's worked every time that he's he's done it. And now he's now known for the hammer, even though the hammer didn't work in his favor this time. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I all of this. You know, and I will always look back on the the Dr. Wagner feud as just like a kind of an eye opening moment where I could saw a Blue Demon in a different light. This match too, like I say, Blue Demon, you know, you, you don't always know what you're going to get in his matches, but this was as good as it possibly could have been. Mm-hmm. It was so good, and highly recommend this match. And then next up. We had the women's mask versus match, a place to match the finals from the Ruleta de la Muerta women's tournament. Flammer versus Cheek Tormenta. Reiko and the Tiger. Reiko is Cheek Tormenta's husband. The Tiger is Flammer's husband. They were kind of like their wives' seconds, kind of lumberjacks outside the ring, and eventually got involved, as did Los Vipers, Toxin Latigo, and Abismo Nego Jr. Eventually, mm-hmm. Flammer puts... Chick Tormenta threw the table to secure the win, and Chick Tormenta revealed her true identity was Cristina Aspeta Ramirez. She's from Guadalajara and had been wrestling for 16 years. Nice. And I believe she had just had like a big kind of, not necessarily star making, but definitely attention grabbing moment at Expo Lucha, didn't she? Chick Chik- Tormenta, yes. Uh... Or was she not there? She, no. I don't believe she okay. made it. Okay. No. I was trying to remember if she made it by Sunday, I, but I don't think she did. No, okay. she did not. 
Yeah, Miranda would know. Okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, this was, I did uh, want to point out, since we you mentioned it, uh, this is one of the, the part of the pageantry that is the Apuestas match. They almost always have seconds. Like, this is, it's not always the significant others. Uh, usually it's someone like, uh, that they're, a lot of the time in CMLL matches, it'll be their teachers, their, their profes that'll be out there with them. Or if they're from factions, they'll have a faction made out there with them. Mm-hmm. But that was, uh, that was a thing that you can, it's a thing you can pretty consistently see in an Apoistas matches. They will have that second out there. And sometimes they will be involved in the storyline or they will be involved in reminding them, hey, this is what you signed up for. So sit down in that chair. He's going to cut your hair. Um, just kind of a, you know, since not everybody here has watched uh, hundreds of hours of Lucha, I thought I'd just remind people about that. Yeah, that's true, and it's a great point. And it was also interesting for this match where the husbands were less famous than the wives. They were more I yeah. loved that local, part regional. It. Yeah, it, yeah, it made the women the stars, but the men got to be involved, and yeah, it was interesting. And it added to the story that it was both of their spouses as opposed to, like, one spouse yeah. and one teacher or something. So. Right. Added a lot. Good, great match, honestly. Highly recommend that. And then we had the final, the main event. We had Psycho Clown defeating Viano 4. He pinned Viano 4 after an air raid crash onto thumbtacks on the ring. It was, this match was, again, bloody, intense. Honestly, the best match it could be. Like, I was surprised how great this match was. It sets up Viano oh, yeah. 4 versus Pentagon and a mask versus match, a place this match on October the 15th in Mexico City, ostensibly as the main event of Triple Mania 30 Chapter 3. But that was kind of the surprise. Everybody thought mm-hmm. that it was either building to Blue Demon Jr. versus Viano or Psycho Clown versus Penta. And the Viano versus Penta, it's... I feel like they did this to subvert expectations because the internet was pretty loud and vocal about they they thought they knew whichever one of those two matchups it was. Yeah, it's a a good point. I'm I'm curious about, you know, how – what came first, the chicken or the egg? You know, was this always the plan, you know, the booking, and and they and just fans kind of booked themselves into a corner, or was there any – like you said, Brendan, was this kind of maybe a reaction to the internet? I response mean, or fan I, response. I, 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 the, the people behind it, uh, Conan and uh, several others are smart people. Uh, Conan is very internet savvy. Uh, he's, you know, he, he's got his own podcast. He's got a staff of people that are able to aggregate what the opinions of his stuff is going on. So, uh, like, it, it, the both are highly possible. It's, I mean, I, I don't want to, make it sound like this absolutely had to be a reaction because it could have been the plan all along and the uh just because they knew the internet would might guess the other way but at the same time uh you know he's we've got a savvy staff of people that want that know that if they if it's predictable and it's in the main event they're not gonna uh or the semi-main uh they're not gonna see uh they're, they're not gonna be as as excited when it happens so who knows um, 
I, this is another one where, you know, I, I wanted to point out too, uh, Viano 4 has done the hardcore style all of his life and boy god, you don't need to keep doing it. I was afraid for your life. <laughs> yep. I've stunned everyone into silence by pointing into out Into silence, I was going to say. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> My mute button was on after I cleared my throat. But, yeah, I was I was talking about how exciting, how violent Psycho Clown versus Viano was. It was. So it was all in that excitement, just so, violent, and then, yeah, and then you're muted. Bad. Yeah, no, it was and all over the like you know. I I am uh, I'm I was always pleased to see that, and uh, even with Psycho Clown winning, I I did. Actively throw something when Psycho Clown got the the pinfall though. <laughs> well, and, and like everybody we've kind of mentioned, first of all, Viana for fifty seven years old. That's incredible mm-hmm. at his age that he mm-hmm. had this match. Took the bump onto the thumbtacks, but everybody assumed once Pinto lost that Psycho Clown was going to lose. So him winning, you know, like we've kind of yeah. m- mentioned, subverted expectations in such a way that I feel like it. Yeah, I don't know. I just thought it was so perfect the way they did it, and it just yeah. everything came together. And yeah, whether whether it was the chicken or the egg, it it was the right choice. So even then, that, even still, yeah. Sorry. I guess what, one last psycho clown jab there. <laughs> I guess that wasn't the main event. <laughs> no, I mentioned it as the main event, but that is incorrect. That was the the final or the semifinal for the related. The main event was Dragon Lee and Drillistico defeating Matt Hardy and surprise Luchador Supresa Johnny Caballero. Instead of being Johnny Caballero this time, he was Johnny Hardy. They <laughs> explained it early in the show. It was yeah, nice little but vignette. it actually was better like it just yeah it, 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 the fact that it made sense because it didn't make sense right it was so lucha and he did jeff hardy like if jeff hardy was oh gosh dick. like the yeah. way he just did everything <laughs> it was so good it's so i mean like this is exactly what i love about john morrison johnny mundo whatever you want to call him he is so good no matter what you give him he knows how to take it yeah. and do it exactly right the johnny drip drip thing was genius america's <laughs> most wet or whatever i can't remember what he was calling himself he had all these funny things that he was going on and like just so good had a genius turn in this match like he always does after johnny and matt hardy bumped into each other he just kind of went off the rails (laughs) and and decided he'd had enough of that and dragon lee drillistico then beat matt hardy for the win johnny tried to attack the hermanos lee afterwards but matt hardy took him out with a twist of fate then shook hands with the lee brothers it was an interesting finish. It was honestly the best they could have done. Like Miranda said, I thought the way they leaned into it and just like tried to make it fun and funny and take the piss out of the whole thing with not having Jeff Hardy there was genius. Yeah. And, I mean, a lot of people didn't care for the, the Johnny Hardy thing, doing the Jeff Hardy stuff, the juking and all that. But John Morrison, like he is a treasure. 
and or Johnny Caballero, Johnny Lee. Uh, yeah. Trying to think, there's others I'm I'm forgetting, but I mean he's had a lot of names. Well, and yeah, almost any time he does a new yeah. show. But I mean, I, I feel like we Johnny Mundo is his his default AAA name. Yeah. Yeah. And. But yeah, he, I mean, even though he didn't win, even though he wasn't necessarily the star of the match, to me, he was really the star. He took what was kind of a, an uncertain and bizarre situation and really, you know, turned chicken shit into chicken salad and uh-huh. did it in a great way and made it so much fun to watch as a fan. I, I do want to uh, give a shout out to, to Cubs fan over at Lucha Blog, who was the only person on the internet that I saw. That correctly predicted uh, Johnny Johnny Hardy. So, <laughs> like, I I once he said it, I knew he was right, but I did not before he said it think that that was it was going to be Johnny Hardy. Uh, and so, you know, I mean, you he does have his finger on the pulse. He knows what he, what's going on. He read well enough who was in the area and and the kind of level of person they would probably get. So, yeah, and. And to be fair, it was way better than anybody expected to. Like, yeah, I, I, I feel like in the beginning when people were saying that it might be Johnny Mundo, that everybody was like, ah, oh, come on, that's like the worst possible choice, right? And, and then they did it, and it paid off and worked yeah. so well. Highly I, recommend. Yeah, it. people so, just underestimate how uh, flexible he is, and I don't mean physically. No, yeah, yeah, he's so adaptable. He has so much personality and charisma that literally transcends language, you know? Like, how insane is that, you know? And and just, like, someone who can literally be put in any situation and still shine. And, you know, in some ways there was definitely, you know, the some some trending thoughts on, on you know, social media of, you know, Johnny Hardy doing it better than Jeff Hardy, you know, like. <laughs> yeah, but, unfortunately, I will agree with them. I think he's a better Jeff Hardy at this point in Jeff Hardy's career than Jeff Hardy. Yeah, that's true. He can at least do the Swanton correctly. <laughs> Okay, we didn't have to say that part out loud. Yeah, like, like we I'll all knew it. it, but and like some of it is not so well. I don't even know how comparable they are in age. They're both pretty. Yeah, they've been around quite a while, both of them. Yeah, yeah I mean, well, technically Jeff, Jeff Hardy's a older, so that like works against him. But yeah, Johnny Mundo Morrison, Nitro Elite. <laughs> Just, I mean, I, without doing, without Googling it, I can, I can tell you, like, Jeff Hardy was, uh, was doing dark matches during the, uh, Attitude Era while, uh, Johnny Mundo was, uh, only showing up on, uh, episodes of Tough Enough. Mm-hmm. So, uh, that'll tell you, like, the difference in their, their age without saying their age. Jeff Hardy is only two years older than Johnny Mundo. <laughs> yes, about 44 right. and Mundo is 42. I just right. well, yeah, it's been a long hard road for Jeff Hardy. We've documented that on this well, and show. I'm like, damn, Jeff, only 44? Like, huh. yeah. Yeah, that well, is like 50 already. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He should sue somebody. <laughs> oh, man. 
podcast. I mean, overall, I've heard really good reviews of this Triple Mania. Like, I think uh, it, it was very well received and very entertaining. And I think just at least online buzz was very positive. Was that your yeah. guys' uh, perception as well? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so, it seems like. Go yeah, ahead. No, go ahead. No, you do like yours. Like, everybody that I talked to really enjoyed the show. And, I mean, I thought it was one of the better Triple Mania shows in existence. The last one was really good, too. But I think it was a top ten. Uh, so, the, for me, the circles I was in, and, and me personally, the, uh, the, the it was being compared to the previous Triple Mania, right? Like, mm-hmm. the, 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 uh, that, that was Monterey? Yes, Monterey. Yeah. Uh, so Monterey was like one of the best triple manias I've ever seen. Yeah. And I was on, so it was on, I'm already comparing it in my head to the, to the scale and scope of that one. And it didn't quite measure up to that, but it's still a really good event, right? Had Monterey not been so over the top, uh, it would be one of my favorites of all time too. Cause it's uh, top to bottom. It was good. Like there was not, uh, there was not a, a bathroom match in the, in the bunch, mm-hmm. there wasn't one where I'm like, I'll just uh, go and go and look at the snacks, uh, you know. So yeah, I, I think, um, and I think, and again, my friends on the internet seem to agree with me on that. The ones that actually watched it, shake my fist at all those people. <laughs> yeah, I feel like the amount of people that watch AAA has changed since they started charging on Fight TV instead of being on Twitch or YouTube or whatever. Mm-hmm. But the people that watch AAA are increasingly more and more positive about it now. Like the people mm-hmm. that watch those shows, like the the wave of pos- positivity is rising and rising. And and like Brendan mentioned, last show was great. This show was very good. Not necessarily great, but very good. Mm-hmm. But the build it gives for the October show, Chapter 3, I really think that show is going to be maybe the best Triple Mania. I was going to say, I, I'm really digging this format. I really Me am. Me too. Like, I, I love I feel the three like, nights spread out. Yes, the three night over a span of, you know, what is it, six months-ish. Like that, I feel is they've implemented it so well, and I think mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. something you don't see in wrestling. I mean, each show, you know, there is ties in naturally, I guess, to storyline, but to have a three-part type of you know event throughout a year, I think is um, something that is making AAA stand out, um, and also just a very it's something different for wrestling fans. Yeah. Yeah. I, and constantly having to explain why Triple Mania is three nights this year is, is yeah. uh, attention grabbing on its own. Yeah. So. But, well, it's but so much the, more refreshing than like a Wrestle Kingdom or a WrestleMania that happen on consecutive mm-hmm. nights. Yeah. By giving it time to breathe, it happens more yes. organically. I believe some of the TV builds into the stories for Triple Mania, like in between. Mm-hmm. But if you only watch the Triple Manias, you're able to keep up on the main storylines, which is nice, too. Because mm-hmm. there's a lot of people that only watch the pay-per-views or that don't have the knowledge or ability to keep up with the TV and the space show and all that. Yeah. So it's really nice how they've set it up. We've talked about it before that Triple A is kind of making their – their moves towards an American presence. And it feels like mm-hmm. this is, is 
at least as important as everything else they're doing because yeah. it really helps keep your attention but also capture your attention. A lot of cool stuff going on with AAA right now. Yep, yes indeed. Lots and lots of cool stuff going on right now. Well, and they're even selling AAA NFTs. They claim they're the first yeah. luchador NFTs, but, you know, our overlord think- Kevin... He might yeah. have something was, to say. I, I was going to say the grilled cheese master will definitely dispute that. Yeah. He will he will definitely have a thing or two to say about that. We we talked about that during Virtual Expo Lucha. So any of you that want to uh go back to to find out what we're talking about, I mean blatant self-promotion here, go back and give us more clicks. Yes, that's all on Lucha Central's YouTube page, actually. You can go back and check out the entire virtual expo Lucha that happened. Gosh, man, that was uh, last last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 2021. Oh yeah. Blue Lockdown in its prime where, where everything had to go online. So they brought Expo Lucha online. They did a, a virtual signing as well where Sikosa said he was going to retire and has since never acknowledged that conversation ever again. So. <laughs> whatever, whatever. He do what he wants. Lucha retirements are my favorite thing. Yes. I'm retiring for the day, gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it must have been a translation thing. He probably just meant retiring, you know, like for the night. For the like the when, he's, when he's done, he's going to go to sleep. All right. Uh, thank you uh, for that review uh, and results of Triple Mania Part Two. But we still got some more to cover. Speaking of big events, AEW had a lot going on in just this past week. Oh my gosh, we we did have a lot going on in AEW. First up on the it was taped June 22nd I believe it aired June 24th episode of Rampage we had Andrade versus Ray Phoenix 20 minute match on TV I mean this was good like really 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 good super good especially for a Friday night like mm-hmm. Rampage they're quietly putting some of the best actual wrestling matches on Rampage and this was just amazing. Lots of flips and dives and moonsaults and, I mean, everything that you would expect. It, it, it was nuts. <laughs> After, like, the during the match, Roosh came out and attacked <laughs> Phoenix. Andrade got the pin. After the match, this is when it gets exciting. Roosh and Andrade, they beat Phoenix down. They ripped off his mask. Pinta came... Chase had a shovel in his hand, chased him down with the shovel, ran him off, but they revealed shirts at La Faccion Ingobernables. And so very, I mean, not only was it one of the best matches on AEW history, we got Ingobernables again, and everybody thought it wouldn't happen, that the name couldn't happen. It was just one of those things that, you know, especially with the Forbidden Door, you know, we kind of touched on that before. Andrade wasn't at the Forbidden Door. A lot going on there. But with that, we got the Ingobernables back. And so that's pretty exciting. No Naito yet. Hopefully we'll see it soon. Well, but that brings us to a thing. We have to talk about why this wasn't on the pay-per-view. Yes. 
then. <laughs> so, do you want to? It's your story. I don't want to step on your toes on this one. No, but. I mean, <laughs> you basically CMLL intervened to some level with New Japan. Not, maybe not even intervene might be a strong word, but they quietly reminded New Japan of their agreement a with. Yes. Shove or a gentle nudge. And so the uh, basically because of that, anybody that was signed to AAA in Mexico, which is not Sammy and Ty Conti, not FTR, they're signed to AEW. AEW. They just have AAA like per appearance contracts. Allegedly, that's what Andrade has, but it's what kept Penta and Phoenix from wrestling at Forbidden Door was their AAA contracts. And Drade claimed, you know, in kind of a roundabout way, that he had a per-appearance deal with AAA, not an actual contract. But CMLL has a lot of hurt feelings over Andrade. It was kind of the expectation when he left WWE that he was headed for CMLL. But it's easy to forget that this was the CMLL era where there was nobody in Arena Mexico. They were having Mm -hmm. a hell of a time paying their wrestlers. There was no training going on. And they really couldn't afford Andrade. And so there were some hurt feelings when Andrade showed up in AAA instead of CMLL. And, and, and they, you know, I mean, perhaps not incorrectly felt that he could have turned around their financial issues. And I have no doubt that had they announced he returned to Arena Mexico, that the show, he could have wrestled a paper bag and that show would have sold out. And then they would have inevitably put him in a feud with Mystico, and that feud would sell out every time. So, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, <laughs> CMLL had some hurt feelings over the whole thing. They intervened, and they were able to keep, like I say, not only the Lucha Bros, but also Andrade off of the Forbidden well, Door card. And Roosh. I and mean, Roosh. Like, there's nobody yeah. involved in this angle would have been allowed on forbidden door which is well and that's cool. the rumor is that it was going to be Rush and andrade versus lucha bros at forbidden door and <sighs> i know <laughs> hopefully they'll build up to it for all out like that's the way to yeah, do it, I, I guess. yeah yeah i agree mm. uh yeah so i did talk I, i'm gonna throw this in there too i did talk with pep carrera who does the spanish version of our show about some of this um he he uh, did say, straight up say that he's actually surprised that anybody seems surprised that this happened because, according to him, everybody knows exactly what the deal is. Uh, the moment that they're in a CMLL arena, they know they're not allowed to go anywhere near AAA, period, end of story. And if you want to, even if you're on the independent circuit and you ever want to work CMLL, you are staying, you know, you're not even on the, in the same building, basically, as those guys. And, uh, and CMLL's always had this, not always, but for a very long time, they've had this arrangement with New Japan. So, mm-hmm. you know, like, uh, he, he said that it, 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 he doesn't think CMLL even need to, needed to say anything. New Japan has such a reputation of, of holding up their own deal, their own Handshake deals. Yes, and the sense of tradition. Yeah. Right. Yeah. They probably just honored it themselves without CML needing to say anything is what mm-hmm. Pep thinks. So, uh, 
And I could totally see that too, because like we said, you know, New Japan, there's a lot of honor and tradition, kind of, especially mm-hmm. in the Japanese customs and business yeah. customs. So yeah, that yeah. makes a lot yeah. of sense, honestly. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, big yeah. shout out to Pep. Thanks for, for the info. Thanks for chatting with me about this. Uh, I, uh, if you speak Spanish, I'd recommend their show. They, they are, uh, on the inside of this, these kind of things quite a bit. Like Pep is, was, probably at triple mania yeah i'm pretty sure he was <laughs> and i mean i'm like 99 percent sure i saw a picture of him near ringside or a picture he took near ringside if not mm-hmm. like front row so yeah pep is always in the mix he's like the secret weapon of lucha central he knows <laughs> everything he knows yeah. everybody he understands all the politics and the backstage and the ins and outs i mean pep is a if, if there's such a thing as a lucha genius, Pep is definitely one. Very cool guy. And then all we had on Dynamite this week, Luchasaurus has turned heel and joined Christian. And very interesting. He defeated Serpentico using the snare trap with a nerve hold. Got his own solo theme. They've been mentioning a lot of things on Dynamite lately about, you know, Luke Perry and Jungle Boy and all this. And I think that it's building to Jungle Boy, either going by Jungle Boy Jack Perry or Jungle Jack Perry. As JR very astutely observed when AEW started, he would call him Jungle Jack Perry because he said he won't be a boy forever. And Mm. now that... They're trying to get him on that solo thing, which I definitely think this is building to. I think we'll see him slightly rebranded, either Jungle Jack Perry or Jungle Boy Jack Perry. Jungle Boy is honestly a great nickname. And if Ric Flair yeah. can be the Nature Boy at 70 years old, Jack Perry can be Jungle Boy. Right? Yeah, there's a precedent. A wrestling right. precedent. Yeah. And but it's cool seeing Luchasaurus. I mean, he is a big-ass dude. I don't know. Like, it's hard to imagine until you've been up close to a wrestling ring. But he's one of those guys that can step over the top rope. Like, I climb under the second rope. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. A lot of a lot of normal guys do, uh, you know. Like, when I was a kid, I was always in awe of, um, like, the Fantastics because they would hop over the top rope as their entrance. And, like, that's really... To do that every night, that's that's a lot. Yeah. Well, and uh, <laughs> just, yeah. And, and, and the same thing with Luchasaurus, to have the size to, to climb right? over that top rope. Yeah, he's just very interesting. I really like Luchasaurus. It's, I, I think he's got one of the more exciting matches. It was just a quick squash, but I've... Something feels special about it. I mean, it's just got that Genesequala right now, the heel and Christian being with him and the whole thing. And it's the right, it's the right moment. Like, yeah, it's, it's really capitalizing on, yeah. you know, good, uh, attention, good heat, um, and not keeping a team together longer than they need to be. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah, I mean, kind of a perfect moment. And well, it gives Jungle Boy an instant storyline when he comes back yes. from injury. Uh, you know, he was written off with, from a, like rehab on a legitimate injury. 
And AEW is really shaking things up now. Alan Angels has left. Uh, Ten from the Dark Order. It's looking, <clears throat> excuse me, it's looking like the Dark Order might get a shakeup. Anna Jay, when she was in St. Louis, she kind of went back to her Zatanna style magician gimmick. She wasn't wearing the Dark Order colors or gear in any way. They did come out with her, but it, yeah, it just feels like AEW is a little bit in transition now. We've had it for about three years. The stories that we kind of started with aren't the stories or the necessarily the same people we're mm-hmm. seeing now. A lot of interesting stuff going on there. Uh, next week in sort of Lucha-related news, we have Scorpio Sky going up against Wardlow. And I thought I had another note, but I'm not seeing it. <laughs> um, yeah. So I, I, I guess I didn't. I thought I had so. Oh, Blood and Guts, Sammy Guevara. Yes. We got to talk about Sammy Guevara. Blood and Guts, in and of itself, very exciting match. There was a lot going on. The trio of uh, Eddie Kingston, Santana, and Ortiz, they came out together. Very cool. There have been some <clears throat> speculations, I guess would be the phrase or the wording, from Sean Ross Sapp. I think there were a couple of others online that – Proud and Powerful may not necessarily be getting along right now. We don't really see them together. We don't see them interacting together. We don't see the tag team moments with them. Santana's kind of got his solo thing going, singles match. He's a champion down in Puerto Rico. Ortiz had that this match with no build, uh, you know, against Chris Jericho. It just didn't feel like it was as important as it should have been. A lot of interesting stuff going on there. But they came out. We had Claudio Castagnoli. He was there to replace Daniel Bryan. Very exciting. The former Cesaro. And this match went hard. Like, it was nuts. But the most viral moment, the one that I saw the most on Facebook and Instagram, the one everybody seemed to be talking about, Sammy Guevara. Eddie Kingston grabbed him. Threw him off the top of the cage. He falls onto a platform approximately 20 feet below. Big bump. Reminiscent of something New Jack would have done. Very exciting moment. Big moment for Sammy. He and Ty New Conti. Jack. You went with New Jack on that? Yeah, well, you, didn't, you didn't think of Mick Foley? Because I certainly saw some Mick Foley there. I, I, I saw Mick Foley. Yeah. But, <laughs> but all I could think of New Jack is... Vic Grimes saying, I can't feel my legs, Jack. Jack's saying, good, you ain't need them. <laughs> Throws them <laughs> off the cage. <laughs> I mean, it just reminded oh. me of that great spot. Eddie was, yeah, I mean, I guess it was Eddie that reminded me of New okay. Jack. Mm-hmm. That would be the way to phrase yeah, it. Yeah, I could say, yeah. Yeah, yeah Eddie's more now. New Jack than Undertaker, so. Yeah, it was, yeah. It was very cool. At big, big bump. Everybody loved it. I mean, it was a a big, big match. Eddie Kingston, Santana, Ortiz, and the Blackpool Combat Club team of John Moxley, Wheeler, Yuta, and Claudio Castagnoli won. Oh, this was crazy. I, I have to give a shout-out to Jericho Appreciation Society. They came out in literally the douchiest wrestling outfits I've ever yes, seen. they were awful. The red fedoras <laughs> and the little red pants. Like, it was terrible. I mean, like, lover boy red leather pants. I mean, yeah. it, it, it was genuinely awful, but in the best way. Like, they right. really – Chris understands how to be a heel. <laughs> 
and and sometimes that starts with your presentation before you do anything. Them walking out as a group in those little outfits was incredible. Mm-hmm. The match literally went for an hour. It was the second half of Dynamite. It was wild. It was violent. It was crazy. Blood, weapons. There's the story of Eddie being mad that he didn't get the win and Claudio got the win. Yeah. So much going on the whole time. I, he, you know, if they follow up on that, that's brilliant storytelling. That's the thing. I mean, like, that's my only real, real complaint is AEW may not follow up on some brilliant things the wrestlers did, but Claudio getting the pin and not Eddie and then Eddie's reaction to it feels like it's building to them having a feud, but we'll see. (laughs) Yeah. And. And they were clearly the stars of the show. That was, yeah. you know, like the the blood and guts match was. I mean, we were primed to to know it was a big deal, but it was really fantastic. If you're not into blood matches, probably not your thing. But I, that's not necessarily my thing. I don't like hardcore matches, but mm-hmm. I thought blood and guts was incredible. It was See, really, yeah. For me, it's just the right amount. Mm-hmm. Like, like, uh, if you, those of you who saw our live coverage of, uh, Triple Mania two years ago, uh, will, will have noticed that I wasn't watching during a lot of the chess man match because it was <laughs> the wrong kind of, but I, I was watching for most of Blood and Guts. Like it, it wasn't too much blood. It wasn't too many crazy spots. I did, I did start to turn away during the Sammy spot just because that that's I mean even with Mick Foley having paved the way I just that's that's hard to watch for me yeah. but uh yeah no I thought it was a good mix yeah I thought they did a great job it was one of the better I mean we talked about that dynamite match or uh, rampage match rather being like the best Rampage match ever, one of the best AEW matches ever, truly. But they did a great job on this episode of Dynamite. Fantastic this week. Some weeks it's not great. This week I thought it was just perfect. Highly recommend the AEW talent. It seems like they've kind of hit their rhythm on the road and that things are really going good, a lot of momentum. Uh, Thunder Rosa was at Forbidden Door, defended against... Uh, Tony Storm and women's match. She finally felt important and right valued in like such a great match. They came out and did it stardom style because Tony wanted he wanted some stardom wrestlers. He couldn't get anybody. They didn't have visas. They should have called Kevin, but <laughs> they didn't have visas. Yes, and hindsight so twenty twenty. Yeah. Uh, Hear that, TK? I know you listen because you love wrestling. Call Kevin. Yes. He can help you out with the well, visa situation. I, I do also want to spin around to something, too, that happened um, to tie in both to Triple Mania and AEW, and that's Taya calling out Thunder Rosa. Yes. Uh, yeah, no, that was great. That was something, you know, very interesting. Uh, and there was definitely, of course, some clips of, of uh Thunder Rosa immediately uh, responding. Just actually her watching the coverage and the video of Taya calling her out. And I believe she even addressed that uh, at the uh, press conference after Forbidden Door about that. And so uh, that, too, leaves a very interesting, you know, possibility on the horizon. Yeah, no, the, the, things are looking up for the women's division again. They uh, 
maybe maybe it's the injury bug has made them more aware that they need to ver- diversify their uh, roster a bit more. But whatever their reasoning is, they're they're doing good things with more people finally. And yeah, yeah, it's good to see Thunder Rosa as the champion looking important and not like she's just holding the belt until uh, Britt Baker is ready to to be champ again. Yeah, and they also had her at the post-match media scrum, and she came out in, like, her San Antonio wear, her cowboy hat and everything. Like, she really felt like a champ. I mean, it, it really just felt like a champion showing up, and it was super cool. Well, that does it for our AEW coverage for this week and a little bit of last week as well. Uh, of course, you can check out LuchaCentral.com for AEW results. Uh, make sure if you missed any of that, you can check out LuchaCentral.com. They give you the rundown of all of the matches uh, of you know the shows of the week. Up next, we're going to talk about MLW and uh, a few big announcements plus uh, this week in MLW, we are going to start off with an announcement that that hits a little bit close to home here with the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast and the Master Public team. And that is MLW has announced they are going to be partnering with Boss Fight Studios to yeah. create a line uh, and bring to life uh, a, a partnership with MLW for action figures and collectibles that are going to be available um, that highlight some of Major League Wrestling's most iconic and popular fighters. Um, and if you have ever seen a Boss Fight Studios action figure, you would be impressed with the level of detail um, and also just the the real-life uh, aspects of it, the, the detail of tattoos and facial expressions, um, and even all of the... Uh, the uh, uh what would you say accessories yes. uh, if you like to call them like uh steel chairs and kendo sticks uh all of that uh so this is very exciting for mlw to partner with boss fight studios uh i got to see some boss fight studios figures live at expo lucha and oh, yeah. i was just thoroughly impressed um, and MLW even put out a little teaser of what they've been working with with Boss Fight Studios on their social media at Major League Wrestling. Uh, and it's just a great highlight video that kind of gives a sneak peek of what to expect with uh, their collection. That includes, uh, you know, some names that have already been thrown out there uh, like Fatu, Hammerstone. Uh, oh, man, that guy's getting an action figure. <laughs> never gonna hear the end of that never gonna hear and it's gonna be a good one too though. yeah be, yeah it better be like one of the elite ones with yes. the really nice detail yeah. yeah oz Kruger is gonna is also uh looking like he's gonna have his own action figure as well as uh fun accessories stairs chairs and even uh their own custom ring so uh, no timeline has been established yet, but uh, MLW alluded to social media that the first wave is coming out next year in 2023. So it'll be very exciting to see what this first wave looks like. And again, just these ideas come to life. Boss Fight Studios, I mean, they're just a high level, you know, uh, yeah. of 
a company. I mean, we've already seen it a, a little bit with the figures that they have released. Um, there's some more just that Boss Fight Studios is doing on their own. Um, but uh, again, it's it's very close to home for the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast and Mass Republic team, as Boss Fight really is the provider of action figures for Mass Republic uh, sponsored uh, luchadors and luchadoras. So, Eric, uh, Eric, I know you're listening. Give me a Holodead figure. Yes. <laughs> that would be that would be sick. That would be sick. We already have the Taya figure, not MLW related. Yeah. So we need, but they'd, we'll they'd be on the same scale. They would work yes. together. Exactly. See, you you uh, you you picked up what I'm putting down, Miranda. I want yes. a Holodead figure, and I I mean, I'll even take a Psycho Clown figure, but it's gonna get put through the table a lot. Yes. <laughs> also, big news that came out of Major League Wrestling this week: MLW announced that they are going to be hosting Fury Road, and it's actually going to be presented by Promotion Nine One Five Six Five Six out of El Paso, Texas. Uh, very big to have uh, MLW really focusing in El Paso and this partnership with Promocion 915656, uh, a very well-known uh, Lucha Libre promotion that, again, is right on that border um, that hosts uh, events mm-hmm. uh, often and is also just a, a big um, promoter uh, of, of course, AAA talent, but also uh, Texas talent as well um so uh the actual event is going to schedule for saturday august 27th and it's going to be a fusion tv taping so we know that there's going to be probably several hours of taping and that we'll see them released later on in the year on uh major league wrestling's youtube channel um and again, too, this will be maybe where we see more tie-in with uh, Azteca Underground. It's been a kind of on the uh, work side uh, that MLW matchmaker Cesar Duran will announce matches uh, for their El Paso debut in the next coming weeks ahead. Um, so it seems like, again, very Lucha-based, lots of Lucha storyline that may continue through this uh and one again their their El Paso debut they've been very uh, established in Dallas but heading over uh to the west side of Texas in El Paso is going to be great Brendan you found some really interesting information um that Promotion 915656 were teasing on their social media Mhm I'm just going to read their whole announcement here cuz it's super short Confirmed, Daga arrives in El Paso August 27th and is rumored to face Alex Hammerstone for the full MLW championship. Will it be? I don't know, but it will be a very interesting fight if it happens. So there you go. Now that's again, I've mentioned that that was promoted on Promotions 915656's social media page. Major League Wrestling has not announced anything official. So, but if that's a teaser ahead... That's going to be a really great match uh, for August 27th and very much in line with seemingly kind of this uh, theme of Fury Road. Yeah, even if it's not for the title and we get to see those two guys, it's going to be a good match. Yes, and we haven't uh, seen Dago really wrestling in, in the U.S. for a few years now. Yeah, um, it's been since the pandemic, really. Yeah, yeah he kind of took the pandemic off. I, I, It was never really decided whether that was intentional or not, but that's that's what he's done. Um, I'm just looking at, at other things that 
915656 has done recently, and they've had some big names on their cards that we just I need to to put up more alerts when these guys put mm-hmm. stuff out because uh, I was aggressively covering them, and uh, they I've missed a bunch of really big events they've been doing. Yeah, and you know this one too. Even in the press release that MLW mentioned, it is very community oriented. Um, tickets are sold locally through different uh, mm-hmm. businesses, and the venue is actually El Paso Austin High School, um, and uh, it's noted as a destination for El Paso Lucha Libre. So it's also very community oriented, yeah. which I think is a really great touch to this. Um, so I think it's great for El Paso, um, in general to just be associated with this. Um, but also great for, uh, MLW to, uh, really, I mean, we've, we've had these aspects of Azteca Underground with, you know, the, the tapings in Mexico and Dallas, but it's gonna have a different feel in El Paso. If you, uh, go on to their YouTube channel and see their matches, a lot of their matches are held in the parking lot behind the taco store. So, uh, you, uh, yeah, they're very community minded and, and, uh, very much about doing the show. Uh, they did, they did outdoor lucha libre. I believe that was one of, they were one of the ones that did, uh, drive in lucha before AAA turned it into a next level sort of thing during lockdown. Yeah, those drive in shows were wild. <laughs> So we'll be excited to see, uh, the mass, the match announcements that come out over the next few weeks regarding Fury Road on August 27th. But we're going to focus on the now and that's this week in MLW. Two matches on Fusion this week. We start off with the Samoan SWAT team. That is uh, Jacob Fatu, Lance Anui, and of course, Juicy Finale team up to face Cesar Duran's Los Aztecas. And in your main event, this is a trios match of trios matches. Uh, fantasy book this whole thing. Uh, the team of Strange Sangre, and that is Mini Abismo Negro, Aris, and Holodead versus the trio of Lince Dorado, Taya Valkyrie, and Microman. Micro Did not make this up. I did not pull names out of a hat. This was not a Mad Libs of just like randomly putting together people. This is an actual trios match that uh, aired tonight on Major League Wrestling. Now, this is from a series of fusion tapings that happened in Philadelphia at the 2300 Arena. I mentioned that because there's uh, a few familiar faces that pop up during the main event. If you have not seen it, I've already seen it posted Several times on social media just today, but by the time you listen to this show, you may see some pretty uh, infamous pictures of Microman hanging out with the Sandman. Oh my goodness! Yes, it's it's two legends of the ring in the ring together, uh, sharing cervezas, hitting people with kendo sticks. It is the team I never knew I always wanted. This sounds amazing. It was. <laughs> is it a full exactly size? Does it. Microman have a full size kendo stick? No. Very oh, so that's, it's a Microman size kendo stick. Yes, that's, yes. Yeah, that's better. Oh. <laughs> but the beer is full size. The man drinks a full full size cerveza. 
Oh, I mean, like he should. But yeah, that's, yeah. that's like six beers for you or I. Like, <laughs> yeah. can you imagine pounding a six pack and then going to town with a kendo stick on some guys? Like, oh <laughs> man, why is they not the tag team I need? I know. Um, <laughs> Sandman and Microman, can we have more? More, please. Please, sir, can I have another? Microman would actually be destroyed if he tried to do Sandman's old ECW entrance where he just drinks all the beer on the way to the ring. <laughs> I mean, yes, but also, Microman is no ordinary man. He is the pound-for-pound pound best luchador in the entire world. Not wrong. I'm just, wow. So yes. much. How is it, too, that you team up with Lince Dorado and Taya and still Microman is the center of the story. Because it's Microman. It's Microman. MLW is booking geniuses. I don't, they just, <laughs> they struck gold with Microman. They just have, but. No, just, they didn't, they didn't strike it. They found it. They, <laughs> they just, because he was out there. He's out in the wild yes. for a while. Oh yeah, he's out there for, out there for a while, but they, they definitely <laughs> found it. And, uh, yeah. again, that's just, this, you gotta watch it for yourself. You just have to watch the, the match for yourself. And especially what happens afterward. I don't feel like spoilers is, is actually going to ruin that moment. I think it's just gonna make it better. Oh yeah. Well again, you know, it's not so much spoilers with it. I mean, you, the Sandman does come out to help Microman, but it's something that words cannot justify. You just literally right. have to see. You have to, right. You, I mean, if you haven't seen the pictures already, I've seen already a, a, a plethora of pictures on social media just of that image of Microman and Sandman. Oh, man. I'm it's worth the price of admission. Diving in. <laughs> worth the price of admission, yeah. So, uh, but again, two, two great matches this week on MLW Fusion. Again, the main event, Strange Sangre versus Lince Dorado. Taya Valkyrie and Microman, uh, quite a trios match. Uh, check it out on Major League Wrestling's YouTube page, along with all the previous episodes of Fusion. Uh, they had some great matches last week um, and the weeks before. And, of course, you know, all of the tapings that they do, uh, you know, are a few months uh, past, but everything that uh, they do in these live shows we do see um, on on fusion. So I do know that as well. Something that they advertise, uh, for next week is we have real one, aka formerly known as Enzo, Enzo More versus Lince Dorado on next week's episode, uh, of, um, fusion. So if you are a 205 live fan and you want to yeah. uh, do that throwback, watch next week's episode of Major League Wrestling Fusion. That's, that's a throwback. Wow. Yeah. I always enjoyed Enzo. He got a bad rap because he was kind of a goofball and and had some issues there. But I always thought he was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. How uh, you doing? Yes. And he's he's bringing that attitude to MLW. Been been able to still really not so much on kind of the comedic side, very much in just a douchey oh, yeah. way. He's, so yeah, very different wrestler these days. Yeah, yes. very very interesting. And against Lince Dorado, who too is much more serious now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's going to be exciting. Yeah, it's going to be a good match. So make sure you watch that again. Major League Wrestling Fusion is on YouTube for free, like 
free. You don't have to pay anything for it. Only one hour a week. Very minimal time commitment. Very easy to watch. Very entertaining to watch. And of course, don't forget to follow Major League Wrestling uh, on more information regarding announcements for Fury Road. And of course, to see what happens with their partnership with Boss Fight Studios. Cannot wait to see the action figures, the first wave that will come out next year. But, you know, up next, we talk about free because free is good. Brendan, oh, one of man. the things that we love to talk about is LuchaCentral.com. Right. Uh, because it is free. But can you tell us more uh, about it? Well, I mean, we're just going to dive right into this. Uh, if you're listening to this, you haven't visited LuchaCentral.com. It's time to do it. LuchaCentral.com is the online home for Lucha Libre, where you can get all of the top news in English and in Spanish. You can find the best curated video content and original content not seen anywhere else. Find when Lucha Libre events would be happening in your area. Find photo galleries from top photographers covering Lucha Libre around the world. It's a place to have your voices heard from weekly polls to annual awards seen and read by top executives in all of the major Lucha Libre promotions across the globe. And on top of this, as we already mentioned, we're going to just keep saying it, though. It's free, 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 free. LuchaCentral.com, your centralized place for all things Lucha Libre. Thank you, Brendan. Now, we're going to, I told you we're doing some things a little bit differently this week. We actually have a surprise for all of you. We are going to be sharing with you our interview uh, that we held at Expo Lucha with the Dos Hermanos Lucha. Yes, Jimmy and Corey, the Hermanos themselves, had a very big presence at Expo Lucha this year. They had a, just even a, a sliver of their uh, Lucha Libre mask collection there, and it really was a curation of masks that highlight luchadors uh, who had a presence and a history at the 2300 Arena, including Rey Mysterio, Hoovy, uh, Psychosis, uh, and and more. So we're excited to bring this interview to you all, uh, recorded live at Expo Lucha. Myself and Brendan, before we get to the interview, Brendan, any kind of quick tidbits for the listeners uh, regarding this interview with Dos Hermanos Lucha? Well, uh, as we were talking about off the air, these guys are all around the world of wrestling. We may have focused a little on the uh, the collection because that's what they had on display. But these are I mean, you can you can pick up on it even in this interview. These are guys that know their way around the wrestling world. They know a lot of the wrestlers personally, and and uh, I mean, this is it's just uh, they're very well educated guys on this, and it comes across in this interview really well. Yeah, it was you know one of those things as well where we knew of each other, we had talked maybe and communicated with each other virtually, but never met in person. So it was also uh, great to just be able to connect face to face and really get to see their 
collection live, but also Jimmy and Corey's excitement to be there. Um, they'll talk a yeah. little bit too about their journey from just attending Expo Lucha to exhibiting at Expo Lucha. Um, and even just kind of their contributions to Expo Lucha this year. Uh, so uh, we are thrilled to be able to bring you this interview. This is myself, Miranda Morales, and Brendan Barr talking with Jimmy and Corey, Dos Hermanos Lucha. Hello and welcome back to the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast. Miranda Morales here with Brandon Barr, and we are standing at the biggest table at Expo Lucha, the most extravagant, the most detailed, the most visual, the most beautiful table of all of Expo Lucha. And that belongs to Los Hermanos Lucha here. And gentlemen, I mean, tell us about your Expo Lucha experience and this display. Now, we, my words cannot provide justice to this display, but you have brought your personal mass collection to Expo Lucha. We share it, fortunately, with all of us. I mean, so tell us about this experience and also just bringing this collection to life. First of all, wow. Thank you very yes, much. Thank you. It was <laughs> a great introduction. Yes. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Yes. Very, very humbling. Um, yes. Yeah. We were uh, joking around with somebody about 15 minutes ago saying there's a fine line between dedication and obsession. So we're somewhere in between there. Um, but yeah. So uh, like Miranda alluded to, um, we brought a lot of the, the Lucha Libre gear that was used um, by the, the gentleman that had the, the, the ECW invasion in 1995-1996. Uh, three in particular being Rey Mysterio Jr., Psychosis, and Juventud Guerrera. Um, so these are three guys that we grew up idolizing, watching mainly in, in WCW. Um, really just started getting plugged into the ring-worn stuff within the last 10 years and have had so many doors open up for us, you know, with the networking and everything that we've been able to do and the research to obtain a lot of these pieces to preserve. And uh, it's just been an amazing weekend to have this stuff, you know, set up with all of the Ray and Hoovy and Psychosis and some modern luchadors to share with everybody. And, yeah, it's just been an awesome experience. Can't thank Mass Republic and the Expo Lucha team enough for having us. I think one thing, too, that you guys have done is you have wrapped up two masks. Uh, yesterday, uh, process too because as any collector you know you collect and build and then to kind of let go of pieces or uh, you know to, to part with them so what was you know why was that important to you to do at Expo how did you decide which kind of mask to, to let go um, I think most importantly you know we are so passionate about this and we see how passionate everybody else is about this and we wanted to be able to share that with everyone and wanted to have something that was, you know, not just a replica, but something that came from the Busio family, the the family who created um, the original masks for these guys uh, back in the 90s. So we wanted to kind of try to give back to um, other fans, and uh, so that was something fun. And I can't take credit for that. Jim's the one that uh, get the wheels rolling on everything. Um, but, uh, yeah, Psychosis Hoovy had to go with those two because of being ECW, you know, Invasion. And we knew they were going to be here. You know, they're under the uh, the Legends in um, Legends of Lucha Libre, under the Mass Republic uh, licensing with all the awesome stuff with Boss Fight. So we wanted to try to, you know, include that. And uh, Psychosis was um, awesome yesterday coming over, being involved with signing the mask, getting a picture with, with the winner. Uh, we're hoping Hoovy can do the same today. Um, and, uh, yeah, just really... Really um, having a great time here and thankful to, to be able to uh, provide something for the fans here. 
so you have more than just masks here. Because right behind you, there is a display that has an Expo Lucha label on it, too. So why don't you describe what you got here? Maybe tell a little bit of the story about how that came about. Yes, of course. Yeah, so uh, in 2018, we were unable to make it to the first Expo Lucha out in Las Vegas. And uh, we're like, we saw everything streaming online, and we're like, why are we not there? <laughs> we have to make this happen at the next one. Um, they announced it was going to be in San Diego. My brother and I had never been to the West Coast. Actually, together, my brother was there before on his own, but he and I have never made the trip. So we're like, all right, we're going to make this happen. Um, we, as we usually do before a show, we lay out, you know, what our goals are going to be for the weekend, you know, with pieces we'd like to obtain. And uh, we talked to, to Kevin, knowing that the Psychosis was part of the Legends of Lucha Libre team, and said, you know, it'd be awesome to line up the mask, you know, or one of the masks that he uses that weekend. He said, okay, I'll talk to Ruben and we'll get something lined up. So um, I think we may have even had some input on what the gear was. Yeah. He asked us. Yeah, we wanted colors. Yeah, yeah, we want colors. And it's like, you know, can't believe that they're even allowing us to pick the color. You know, we want a mask and you're asking us what colors. And so we had to go with the, the OG. Yep, yep, yeah, the white and orange. So, yeah, so we get to the event. Uh, I think Nietzsche wrestled twice that weekend, I believe. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and the first, first event uh, for him was on Saturday. And he comes out, you know, in the full gear, you know, the old school with the... I don't want to call it a skirt because it sounds like I'm offending him, but I'm not sure what that, uh, you know, more or less. Yeah, yeah, we'll still call it a kilt. Yeah, with the kilt and, uh, you know, the Aztec design and everything on it and just uh, just a really awesome look. So, you know, obviously we were pumped, you know, with the mask and the wig and everything because uh, with, with his longer hair, you know, some of his modern masks actually are open on the top. But for display purposes, having the wig, you know, just really brings the whole thing together. So after the match, you know, we go back and meet Psychosis and he has the mask there and as Corey and I usually get giddy and we're, our eyes get a little big, we're like, uh, well, how much would it be for everything from top to bottom? <laughs> he thinks about it because he's not used to hearing the question and says, uh, you know, throws a number at us. And we look at each other and we're like, all right, let's do it. <laughs> so he goes back and gets everything out. And uh, we didn't even get it signed that night because it was actually soaking wet. And there's a really cool picture that, you know, in hindsight it was cool, but in the moment it was just literally what we needed to do. But we went back to the hotel and there was a drying rack in there and all the pieces of the psychosis gear with the wrist guards and the pants and the, the kilt and the mask and everything is hanging in there drying. And then we posted that up and said, you know, this is just another typical night in the Dos Hermanos Lucha <laughs> hotel room on a road trip. So, yeah, so we got the full, you know, the full display here. And then the next day we did get everything signed. And he inscribed Expo Lucha 2019 with the date on it, you know, August 17th. So, yeah, it's, it's a really awesome piece that we tie a memory to, um, for, you know, for the interaction between my brother and I, but also someone who we idolized since the 90s. So it's, it's extremely special for us and also, to, you know, to share it with everybody else. It's very cool. Well, we're still not 100% sure where the mask is, but I grew up, Hoovy was my idol. I told him last night, got a little emotional, <laughs> uh, but Hoovy was my idol growing up, and uh, when Jericho took his mask, it was like a dagger to the heart <laughs> growing up, you know, as kids. And I asked Hoovy if, you know, well, Jimmy and I both have talked to Hoovy extensively about where, where did that mask go? You know, it was such an awesome uh, mask and such a historic piece. And uh, so that would be high on my bucket list. Um, so the story we got from Hoovy is he reached out. Jericho always responds. But when he asks the question, do you still have that mask? Jericho ghosted him. So Jericho may be the only one that can answer this question. Um, if he, 
Yes. Yes. The yes. Exactly. Yes. So if anybody knows where that's at, please reach out. <laughs> yeah. But yep. that would be up there. Yeah. Yeah. Know. Definitely. Yeah. It's a funny story because yeah, because in traditional lucha, if you get beat for it, you know, the opponent that beat you gets to keep it. You know, and Jericho having such you know rich history roots of coming you know wrestling in Mexico alongside Hoovy, you know, not only there but Japan and then all through you know pretty much all over the world. He stuck with that tradition, you know, allegedly, as per yeah. what Hoovy had told us. Um, so yeah, that would definitely be the highest on the list, I think, of things that that really would be would feel like it's home, yeah, <laughs> you yeah. know, if we would end up landing that. And then um, I was recently asked too, you know, personally, it was a one-on-one, you know, what individual luchador, not so much as the mask, and uh, you know, if you could have any mask from anybody, basically, who would it be? And without missing a beat, I said Rey Mysterio. <laughs> I'm currently standing in front of, I think we're at like 31 original Rey Mysterio masks, and to our knowledge, nobody other than Rey, even Hayashi, you know, we've gotten some things from Hayashi, nobody other than Rey that we know of has this many original Reys, and it's... Yes, thank you very much. Yeah, and I say that in a humbling way because if somebody does have it, I just love to see it. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's not even saying I'd want it for my collection, but it's you know we're always wanting it. Well, we would. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I stand corrected. Uh, so other than, than Ray, though, is there anybody else that is high on the list? We know you were focusing on the ECW wrestlers, but mm-hmm. there's a wide world of which which mm-hmm. is well represented here, mm-hmm. even with the yeah, I think for me personally, um, I still go back to the 90s. Um, I'd love to kind of a long-term goal is to gather the guys that a lot of fans don't really remember about, the, the Lismark and the Super Colo and the Cyclope. And, you know, a lot, a lot of those luchadors, you know, I'd love to uncover a lot of that stuff and put together just more of our childhood. You know, I've said it time and time again, the, the passion that really drives us is is keeping the child alive in us with the wrestling and the collecting of the Lucha Libre gear. And so I think, you know, that's that's not a direct answer of, you know, one individual. But, you know, I think that's where, that's that's kind of a goal that, that's fun. You know, the hunt is just as much fun as landing it, so... I think for me, I don't know yeah. if you have anything. No, to add. for sure. I think the only other one would be, you know, an original Laparca from WCW. You know, that would be one that we would love. Obviously, you know, we photo match the stuff to a T, and that is a little bit harder, you know, because you could find an old WCW style, but it's very hard because all of his masks were very much the same with the, you know, the original black and white. Um, but I would say he's up there on the list. Yeah, uh, we do love a lot of, you know, the modern guys, like obviously with Penton Phoenix, unbelievable. Um, big fans of some of the CMLL guys, you know, Soberano Jr., Templario, Aldaz. So some of those, you know, masks we still still try to add to the collection. But yeah, like Jimmy said, growing up, uh, you know, as little kids, that's just you can't you can't beat that feeling when you find something that you know you have a memory tied to. Of growing up, and we shared just our entire lives, so it means you know more than just individual memories together. So yeah, absolutely. You talked about your experience talking with me, having signed Psychosis signing and of course just your interaction with Ubi last night. Tell us more just about your sense of the Expo Lucha experience. I mean, this has been two years in the making. What does it mean for you guys just to be here, both in displaying but also as, as Lucha Libre fans? Yeah, I think, um, I don't know whether it was because we've just been uh, secluded from everybody for so many years and I haven't 
you know, I haven't traveled much, you know, really outside of my bubble in the last few years. But as I was packing my gear, you know, and getting all this stuff ready, I'm not going to lie, I got a little emotional that this was actually coming to a head and we were going to be able to do this and, and get back to, you know, our sense of, of normalcy or, you know, the normalcy prior to, you know, COVID that we were used to. Um, and to see it all come together, you know, and to see a lot of fans still here. We know, you know, with, with visas and, uh, you know, with COVID, you know, still and, you know, keeping a lot of, of fans and other talent from being here. There's still a lot of people that have come out. And I think it's it's just been great, you know, all weekend so far. And it's it's been great having the conversation with the fans. The, the individual luchas have been have been awesome. You know, everything that we're hearing is positive from the fans, and that's that's exactly what we wanted. You know, we want to continue to help any way that we can, you know, with the Mass Republic team and to help spread the love of Lucha and introduce it to those that, you know, may not, you know, have ever seen it before. So, yeah. Uh, so we still have a, a bit of Expo Lucha ahead of us here, so I'm going to look a little bit ahead. Tonight is the more of a Legend Republic show. Is there anything you guys are looking forward to that tonight? Um, yeah, I mean... You see Solar over here, and it's it's still surreal, you know, right to the left of us, you know, and, and his son, and they're, they're both great guys. Uh, last year, or not last year, la- I keep saying last year, but at last expo, um, you know, bowling with those guys, it was hilarious. We kept chopping each other and stuff, and, like, we always reminisce at the hotel later on of what went down, you know. And, yeah. And it's just so so awesome to, you know, get to see those guys on a human level because, I mean, they've done things that are, you know, crazy for Lucha Libre and just, yeah. So um, I would say definitely looking forward to seeing the legends in the ring, um, which I, that's what I love, you know, with Expo Lucha. You get to see a good mix of the younger talent and uh, the, the legends, Landis. So, yeah, it's for sure. And I did want to throw in real quick, too, that in 2019... This guy surprised me, Jimmy, pointing to here, surprised me with uh, the Expo Lucha tickets for Christmas. So that's how I found out we were going. So that was like such a cool thing to set it off. And then when Kevin reached out to after we started collecting and said about exhibiting, you know, first it was, oh, my God, we're going to Expo Lucha. Then he asked exhibiting and we're like freaking out. So it's just been a blast this weekend and really looking forward to tonight's show. Uh, yes, so we are on Instagram, Twitter, and uh, Facebook. Um, search Dos Arma- at Dos Armanos Lucha. Um, we can be found on all three platforms. Love meeting new collectors, um, so please reach out. I'd love to meet you, and shout out to everybody we did meet today because we feel like that we know so many people because we communicate a lot on social media, and to get to put a face with it and meet them in person is very special for us. Thank you guys so much for your time. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Why should you visit thechairshot.com? TheChairShot.com is your home for hard-hitting reviews, news, opinion, and analysis with attitude. Why? Because you're smarter than the average fan. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. Hey everyone, it's Denise Salcedo here in Lucha Central Central with a reminder of where and when to catch all of the great network content this week. Get the full lineup and listen to all of our shows in the podcast network section of LuchaCentral.com. On Tuesdays, Mass Mats and Mayhem takes you inside the world of Lucha Underground as they take you weekly through the series with the benefit of hindsight and the benefit of special guests from the groundbreaking series. 
Check out the premiere video stream every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on the Lucha Central YouTube channel and at luchacentral.com. Then listen to it on your favorite podcast platform every Wednesday. Tuesday nights live, it's WrestleBoss, where Fabi Chulo talks MMA and pro wrestling with special guests and listener call-ins. Visit WrestleBossLive.com Tuesday nights at 7 p.m. Pacific to listen live or call in with questions or download the show on podcast platforms on Wednesdays. Wednesday nights live on Facebook, it's Spanish show La Mesa de los Margaros, giving you both the news and the cheese made from around the lucha world. Special guests and a whole lot of fun make it one of the most talked about shows in Mexico. Thursdays, it's straight out of the bodega with Papo Esco and PWR promoter Gabriel Ramirez as they have guests from throughout the wrestling world pull up to give an inside look into their careers. From indie standouts to television superstars, each week brings a new name and perspective. On Friday, it's your double dose of Lucha Central Weekly podcast, one in English y el otro en español. Lucha Central Weekly is where you'll find all the top stories of the week, both inside and out of the ring from Mexico and anywhere luchadores are in action across the globe. Be sure to subscribe and follow all your favorite Lucha Central Network series on your favorite podcast platforms, either by their own series name or subscribe to the Lucha Central Podcast Network show pages to get all of the shows in one easy feed and please consider giving a rating to help more fans find the shows that you love for now this is denise salcedo signing off from lucha central central have a great week lucha-masks.com by pro wrestling revolution bringing you in partnership with mask republic the lucha brothers as well as japanese legend ultimo dragon Go to lucha-masks.com and fight lucha strong with masks from your favorite lucha legends and pro wrestling revolution luchadores. Stay safe in style and represent your favorite luchador. Get yours now at lucha-masks.com powered by pro wrestling revolution. All right. We are back. Thank you again to Jimmy and Corey. Dos Hermanos Lucha. Uh, make sure to follow them on social media. They're on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, they also have previous episodes of the Dos Hermanos Lucha podcast uh, on the Lucha Central podcast network, which you can find on Lucha Central's YouTube page, as well as Spotify and all of that. Um, again, just to see those masks in person and all of just the history uh, that they bring to the arena. It was just uh, amazing to see in person uh, and great to meet them in person as well. It's like a family reunion with people that you've never met, but know right. that somehow you're related to. Uh, that's how I would describe Expo Lucha. Well, I mean, that's a lot of my family reunions. There's a lot of people there that I've never met, and but I know I'm related to them somehow. Yes. One big fiesta. Well, that does it for this week's episode of the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast. Thank you so much for listening and joining us as we go for a little different format this week, but one we hope you enjoy. Uh, of course, do not forget to check out LuchaCentral.com, your centralized place for all things Lucha Libre. You can also check out Lucha Central on social media at Lucha Central on Facebook and Instagram and at LuchaCentral.com on Twitter. I just mentioned it, but don't forget Lucha Central's YouTube page has a ton of content, including previous episodes of the Lucha Weekly, Lucha Central Weekly podcast in English and in Espanol. 
previous podcasts like Dos Hermanos Lucha uh, and much, much more um, on the YouTube page, interviews, matches, um, stuff that you just cannot find anywhere else. While you're at it, go ahead and follow us on social media. Dusty, can you let our listeners know where they can find you? Yeah, I am on Facebook at facebook.com slash Dusty Murphy. And I am on Instagram at Dusty Murphy. And Brendan, can you let our listeners know where they can find you? I am 321 T-Shirt Guy. That's the number, 321. And then T-Shirt Guy is all spelled out. And I am on Facebook, I'm on Instagram, and I'm all over the Twitter. And me, Miranda Morales, you can find me at the hashtag Miranda, hashtag spelled out on Instagram and Facebook, no Twitter. If you are listening to this on your favorite podcast platform, say Spotify, Google Play, iTunes, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. Subscribe so that way you get a new notification every time an episode of the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast drops. You can leave us a five-star rating and go ahead and leave us a review. Let us know your thoughts. Let us know your opinions. Let us know things that we should talk about or stop talking about. We won't know unless you tell us. Right. Think- yeah, that's just we don't know. We're not mind readers. That doesn't that's not how this works. I you mean, to I want to be, but I I'm not that cool. Yes. <laughs> well, don't forget to join us next week for a new episode of the podcast for Brendan Barr and Dusty Murphy. I'm Miranda Morales. Thank you all. And we'll be with you next week.